took your time Don't live too fast Troubles will come And they will pass Alright, episode 2. This is again the series on change. And before I get started, I just want to mention I do have a blog. It's in the show notes. And it's at M-A-T-T-P-T-C-A-N-T-R-E dot design dot blog just want to mention that because i don't know sometimes i always put it at the end and sometimes people don't have enough time to listen to the full episode um, but thanks for checking out the podcast what i want to talk about today is what holds us back from change super important topic because again our journey has to involve some amount of growth as we talked about in the first episode uh, reframing that change word to growth is very important for this and i want to start this off by kind of evaluating really what holds us back and most often it's comfort. We're comfortable, right? We're just way too comfortable with what we're doing. Now we seek security. That's just a common thing we do as humans, right? And through security breeds comfort. Like marriage, we settle down with someone who we are provided or still provides comfort for us. And we seek to secure that person, right? So Security relies heavily on comfort, and comfort to me is the knowledge of knowing what to expect and being satisfied with the outcome, whether that's short-term or long-term, we'll talk about that. Because if we talk about our health, well, here comes the bad part, right? If the outcome is actually harmful, like poor diet choices, which leads us to a large amount of disease and health issues, which in 2016 totaled $1.72 trillion dollars to spend in treating direct or indirect costs of chronic disease resulting from obesity. That is insane. I mean, absolutely insane. People talk to me sometimes about, you know, the price of training. Oh, it's so expensive. I don't think the training market is anywhere close to this. I think it's less, less than the billions for sure. Maybe not even the hundreds of millions. So to see this, I think people got to think more forward with their thinking you know what's the long-term effect of my choices and that's one of the biggest parts we find comfort and that comfort comes from instant gratification the instant gratification from the highly palatable foods and of course these foods are engineered to make you eat more so when we see ourselves at a health risk it's oftentimes not our fault the highly palatable foods we desire and eventually crave are much like an addiction our brain literally becomes rewired we continue to supply the demand, and then this demand just creates greater heights. You know, it's like we're a CEO trying to get rich, keep supplying more, supplying more, supplying more, but really we're actually feeding into a poor health decision. And unfortunately, we find ourselves stuck here because really the whole thing is against you. The food market has created super, super, super delicious foods. We can all agree. I'm a trainer. I understand. I get it. You know, I grew up on these kind of foods. I was fed them very often. It took a long time to kind of evaluate what the risks and benefits was of that decision. It, for me, it just didn't make sense. It made my life feel like I was being dragged down. There was a weight on my shoulders I was carrying around every day. I'm not a fan of that. I think you shouldn't be either. I think, yes, instant gratification is clearly provided by these foods, but we got to think long term. Okay, and we're just talking about, again, what holds us back from change this episode. We'll get more into how to change later. Continuing on, let's look at the brain. Now, we know that neurons that fire together wire together. Very common statement. And what that basically means is that connections between neurons become more robust. 
basically the more you do something, the more you're influenced to continue to do it again. Again, that pathway you provide is simply just trying to reinforce itself over and over and over. So you have that great tasting meal. You get this release of certain neurochemicals that we don't need to really go into, but you get this release of certain neurochemicals that are providing yourself a signal to say, hey, let's get that again. Let's get that again. Let's get that again. Much like a drug addict. Now, that's a little extreme. Whenever I hear that, I think to myself, well, you know, that's kind of crazy. But in the brain's physiology, it's true. An addiction is an addiction, regardless of it's sugar, cocaine, whatever it may be. So, yes, to the brain, it is an addiction. But when you start labeling things as such, well, now we're in a place where I don't like to get to. We shouldn't label the things we are influenced by as addictions. That's only creating a concrete mindset that this is something that you have reinforced for yourself. You haven't. It's been reinforced for you. Like we said, the food industry is against you. So stop calling it addiction. That's number one. Just like we talked about change versus growth. Two different words, totally different. Okay. Now let's go a little bit more into the brain. The prefrontal cortex, which is a part of the brain that is involved in checks and balances in our decisions, it thinks long-term, it can strategize and plan. It's something that most other animals don't have. You know, we're very special as humans to have this. So this prefrontal cortex is in a teeter-totter. It communicates with this other part of our brain called the amygdala. And the amygdala is our highly emotional, highly stimulated uh, childlike brain. Okay, And the childlike brain really lacks rules, disciplines, or boundaries, and it's very emotional. So oftentimes what happens is uh, the amygdala is reoccurringly hearing and seeing what you're doing and influencing your behavior by creating that childlike morphology behind it. You know, it wants to think to itself, I got to avoid danger, I got to keep security, and I don't really want to be set by rules, okay? So research has showed that this link, when it's teetered toward an amygdala dominance, is created through chronic stress and poor sleep. Two of the things that we know are in our society right now are huge and rampant. If you're listening to this, I bet you probably didn't get a good night's sleep. And the sad part is that's just only influencing your decisions more and more. It makes your decisions harder to break because now our brain becomes more childlike. We lack the rules, discipline, and the long-term thinking. Okay, so this teetering of the amygdala dominance was proven to also be linked to anxiety as well. And I found that pretty interesting. Um, a lot of my friends who I have who are kind of in my age group suffer from this kind of anxiety and depression. And, and I do believe that a lot of that has to do with social media. Um, I am not really on that, but I, I do see the, the correlation in how some people can get kind of caught up in all the things other people are doing and feel like they're missing out and feel like they don't have a chance to do whatever they're doing. Um, and continuing on, you know, the shift, this is really interesting. This is from the book brainwash. It's by David and his son, Austin. I can't really pronounce her last name. It's Perlamuter. Uh, they're both medical doctors, uh, but they made a statement and the quotes go just like this. <clears throat> the shift away from the prefrontal cortex represents the gravest existential threat for human survival. Why they said that is because, again, just like what we talked about, making your brain shift in its focus from an adult-like thinking to a child-like thinking, that immaturity, that lack of responsibility only makes your decisions 
that much more influence to be like that. We don't want to be irresponsible. We should be responsible for our health. We should take ownership in our health. Very important because if we don't take ownership, no one's going to do it for you, right? Yeah, you can go to the doctor. What do you want to spend more and add more to that whole gross domestic product that we had of $1.7 trillion? It's insane. So we got to grow up. We got to be adults. And it starts with the brain. So the brain's one of the things that are holding us back right now. A 2018 research showed there's been a link to show that childhood adversity may disrupt the connection between the prefrontal cortex and the amygdala, such as parental or family member death, interpersonal conflict between family members or friends, or even a serious accident. And this caused a rise in aggressive behavior, depression, anxiety, and attention problems in young adults. Now, what's kind of crazy, and most of you probably don't know about me, but when I was a child, I was very aggressive. I was very, very, very aggressive. I had anger issues up until the point when I was probably 19. Um, and I finally went to therapy and kind of had those problems worked out. But interestingly enough, I was kicked out at 16. So it makes sense that when I faced that adversity at a young age, it rewired my brain to be more childlike, you know, more emotional. Um, lacking rules and discipline and responsibility and boundaries. So yeah, I would definitely agree with this study that's been showing this. And unfortunately, we can't change our past, but we can absolutely change our present and our future. And that's what the next couple episodes are going to be about. But all that information leads me to when your amygdala is overactive, we tend to be more childlike and lose the ability to plan, reason, with our decisions and think adequately. You know, this basically means that you're less likely to adhere or attempt to change. Um, and that is humongous. Our brain is such an influencer in our ability to change. So one of the main things that's holding us back right now, our brain. Now, the next thing that's holding us back is the direction we attempt to focus while we change. You know, that can really hold you back. Let's take two scenarios. And this is now from the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. He thinks there's two separate things that people are kind of going about their habit change. One is outcome-based. One is identity-based. I would fully agree because outcome-based focuses on what you want to achieve while identity-based change focuses on who we wish to become. And let's just take an example to make this more relatable, make sense. A cigarette smoker, let's say you are trying to quit and somebody asks you, hey, you want a cig? You know, the outcome-based person would say, no, thanks, I'm trying to quit. While the identity-based person would say, no, thanks, I'm not a smoker. Huge shift, humongous shift. That is a person who is changing their identity from inside out because he's now rather than saying, I don't want one, I'm trying to quit. He's committed to the change by not obstructing his own opinion and saying, I'm trying, number one. And number two, he's completely identifying as not a smoker. That's huge. That's humongous. So the identity can sabotage your potential to change. If you still think that you're unhealthy and you go to, let's say, a, a family gathering or even you know holidays is going to happen and someone asks you, hey, you want a piece of cake? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, trying, not, I'm trying not to eat so many fatty foods. No, it's I'm healthy. I don't want to participate in that. So change your identity. You got to start inside. Change works from inside out. Most of us don't attempt to go from inside out. That's one of the biggest things that's going to hold you back from changing is just thinking about the outcome. The outcome is just a byproduct of the process. We have to learn to enjoy the process. 
The process is the most important fundamental part. And honestly, it's fun. You just got to enjoy it. Most people don't. Most people think, oh, this workout is so hard. Or, oh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to go ahead and diet again. There's no point. No, it's a lifestyle. It's a brand new thing for you. And you have to consume yourself in that identity. You're a healthy person. You want to be healthy. And you're going to be healthy. But you have to lack that thought that it's might going to happen. It may happen. I think it's going to happen. No, that's no trying. It's I am. I am healthy. Repeat to yourself. I am healthy. Huge. Health starts from within, period, both physiologically and psychologically. Now, I really appreciate that we have so much information on this subject and topic. And this episode is really meant to just show you that things are against you, right? Things are stacked against you. It's not meant to show you how to change yet. That's coming next. But we have to identify some things that do hold us back. So we're able to go after the change you want in a more effective and efficient way. Obviously, a lot of us come to the journey of fitness for health issues or maybe appearance issues. They don't like the way they look. And there's two different sides to that. If it's a health issue, we're more likely to adhere to it because we don't want to see the doctor again. We don't want to die. We don't want to have these chronic issues evolve. Uh, and if it's an appearance issue, usually it's an ebb and flow. It kind of comes and goes. You know, your confidence weans. Those are the people who I really want to focus in on. Of course, the health is definitely important. And obviously, we've seen from that $1.72 trillion that it's a very important topic. And in the book, Brainwash, it actually talks about how people in the doctor's office were less concerned with wanting to take their medication and wanting to do all these things and improve their health and were more concerned with their family, their hobbies, their their friends, things like that. So again, focus on change in the right way is the most important. Okay. These are things that hold us back. And we're gonna go over next episode how to change effectively. But I thank you guys for joining me. Hopefully you learned a lot from this episode and hopefully you don't feel like the world is impossible to change in. There are things that are set up against you, but we're going to teach you how to get around those things. And you're not here because you put yourself here. You're here because there's things that are changing your internal dialogue, internal wiring. So don't feel guilty. Guilt is going to hold you back even further. I believe in you. You should believe in yourself as well. Thank you guys and have a great rest of your day. I appreciate you joining me.